It's the start of our season in review for this year's Blue Jackets, and we're starting off with everyone's favourite Dublin, Ohio native, Sean Corrales. So that's what we're going to talk about today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. They've got more odds, props, and lines than ever before. They've got you covered. So, uh, welcome to Locked on Blue Jackets. I'm your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day, every day, hopefully. Uh, we are free and available on all podcast platforms. We are on YouTube. We are on Spotify. We are on Odyssey. So if you want to watch or listen, then uh, you can find us basically wherever you want to find us. And there's never going to be a paywall. You are never going to have to pay any money to access Locked On content, which I think is pretty uh, pretty neat. So like I said, today we're going to be starting the uh, season in review episodes. Uh, we're going to look at everyone who wore a Blue Jackets jumper, or a Blue Jackets sweater, excuse me, my uh, my Brit, my uh, English is coming out. Everyone who wore a Blue Jackets jersey this season, uh, we're going to take a look at and see how he did. Uh, there's going to be polls on Twitter for you guys to take part in. Uh, we're going to look at uh, last season, this season, and uh, kind of what we expect from them next season. So uh, we're going to start today with Sean Corrali because I decided to go in uh, numerical order for the forwards based on what number they were, which is really, really testing my knowledge of what number all of the jackets were. But uh, we're starting off with Sean Corrali and uh, I feel like it was... Uh, I got some, some, some surprising... Some surprising answers on the uh, the poll. So we'll start off just with um, a little bit of Corrali stats. Uh, he played almost all of the season. He wasn't one of the uh, quote unquote Iron Men, but he uh, played more than a lot of the Blue Jackets. I think mostly because a lot of the Blue Jackets were very very broken this season, which is not great. But he. Uh, he played 77 of 82 games, which, honestly, considering the average spread of how many games an average Blue Jacket played this season, I think it's pretty good. Uh, he had 30 points, 14 goals, 16 assists, uh, which I believe is a, a career high in everything. Uh, yep, this is even a career high in games. This is the most games he's ever played in a season. Uh which I think is pretty cool. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, career high in goals with 14, career high in assists with, uh, oh, excuse me, he had 17 assists in the 2019-2020 season, but he beat his career points total. Uh, he actually finished the season uh, a plus two, which I don't generally subscribe to plus minus as a thing, because I don't think it's very useful, but... Um, Considering how god awful everyone else on the Blue Jackets was, it uh, it seems it seems pretty pretty good. 
Uh, he shot about league average. Uh, he was shooting at about 11%, so I don't think those 14 goals... Those 14 goals were about what I... Uh, about what I would expect. From a bottom six guy, if you can get 10 to 15 goals out of a bottom six guy, then I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, I don't love the contract. Um, I think it's it's maybe a, a touch too expensive for a bottom six guy, but I... Uh, I don't know. I've I have really liked Sean Corrali this season. Um, I think he has been maybe not a game changer for the Blue Jackets, but I think he's been basically as good as, or maybe even slightly better than what we needed him to be. Oh, he's only actually making two point five million. I thought he was making four million. I am much happier with that contract. Uh, yeah, if you can get, you know. 10 points for every million dollars, I think, is is probably not the worst. You know, uh, the contract's only for four years. Um, I thought it was four, I thought it was four million by four. So 2.5 million by four is a much nicer contract. I am very, very uh, okay with that contract. Uh, looking at, you know, points total, um, where he played in the lineup, things like that. I'm, yeah, this is shaping up to, I mean, again, we're only in year one, but it's still shaping up to be a pretty good contract, in my opinion. Um, in a minute, we're going to take a look at the Twitter poll and see what people said there, and maybe kind of take a look at some of the comments, things like that. Uh, but first, I've got to tell you about rockauto.com, because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible for your auto, your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You've got to endure, you know, pointless or kind of scary questions, uh, wait while the person has counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the brand that their warehouse carries, you know, you've got to leave your car there, you've got to go home, you've got to wait, you've got to come back in, you've got to pay for the labour, it's it's a whole ordeal. So instead, why don't you stay at home on your couch, because your computer and your phone have both have access to rockauto.com. You save time and money when using Rock Auto. They are a family business. They've been saving DIYs for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they've got everything you could need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, uh, even things like new carpet. If you want to honour in your car or truck, rockauto.com, probably stocks it. So go explore that easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So uh, let's uh, let's take a look at the, the Twitter poll. Um, it was pretty, not quite unanimous, but there was a lot of, uh, well, 60% of the votes uh, said that Sean Crowley got an A this season, which I tend to agree with. After everything that we've just kind of talked about, I think, you know, um, for the contract that he's on, uh, the minutes that he played, and I don't have his average ice time numbers in front of me, unfortunately. Uh, but he played 
his ice time started going up toward the end of the season. Uh, but I mean, he was playing anywhere from ten to he generally played between ten and sixteen minutes. I think is my rough rough average. Obviously, as everyone started to get broken later in the season, uh, he started. You know, the ice time didn't drop below uh, about fifteen minutes uh, from you know the end of March onwards, which is. Not ideal, I don't think, but it is what it is, um, and I, yeah, I'm pretty happy with. I'm pretty happy with it. I think the uh, Twitter universe is is pretty happy with it as well. Got a handful of Bs and Cs, uh, no D votes, um, and then I got one comment on it uh, from uh, Debbie Nishting Holwadal, and I do apologize if I have uh, butchered that name, but uh, she said that Corali earned his A. And uh, yeah, I I agree. Um, I think he was exactly what we wanted when we went out to get him. Um, he kind of started off the season a little bit, not weak, but um, it took him it took him a little while to get going. Uh, he had one point in his first ten or eleven games. Uh, and uh, you know, at that point, I was like, "Right, okay, this is looking a little bit like a not a bust of a contract." Because I don't think Kakalina knows what he's doing, but he picked it up. I think consistency is going to be something that I would like to see a little bit more from him in the future. Uh, in the next segment, we are going to talk a little bit about what I would like to see from Sean Corrales next season. But uh, considering the team in general, which was, you know. We've talked about it a lot. The team in general, not very good as a whole this season. Uh, considering his ice time, considering the contract, considering the kind of player that he is, yeah, I would give Sean Crowley an A as well. Um, you know, I think it's easy to be like, well, he only got thirty points. Uh, he's so far down the lead, the leaderboard in scoring for this team. But I don't know. I I did not have a problem with. Um, Sean Corrali, even a little bit. So uh, let's look at um, where he is in terms of scoring on the team. I don't think it's super high, but I also don't think it's super low. Um, and again, full fine guy. Uh, he is one, two. He was 10th on the team in scoring, which. Sure, like, I'm, again, two and a half million dollars, I'm happy with that. Um, you know, he had more points than, uh, let's see, who else played? Uh, I don't think anyone below him played more games, except for, like, Andrew, Andrew Peake played more games, but he's a defenseman, uh, he had 15 points this season. Um but, you know, uh, Igor Chinikov played 62 games. He had 14 points. Eric Robinson had 27 points. He played 67 games. Uh, you know, I, I'm... He's kind of around the, the Cole Sillinger place of... Yeah, okay, he had... Cole Sillinger played 79 games. He got 31 points as an 18-year-old, which you know, we're going to talk about a lot later on. But considering... Um, well, considering everything, like I said, I'm really happy with 
Sean Corrali and everything that he did this season. And I, uh, I don't really have a ton of things that I would like him to change, but uh, there are a couple of things I think I want to talk about in terms of what I would like to see from him next season or what I think he needs, not necessarily he needs to do to succeed next season, but potentially, you know, even things like what does, what does the coaching need to do? Like, does he need different line mates, things like that? So uh, that's what we're going to do next. But first, I'm going to tell you about Built Bar because there is a brand new Built Bar on the block. And I am so, so, so excited to tell you about it because it's just, it's the best Built Bar. It's the best Built Bar I've ever tasted. Uh, I know I've said that about a lot of Built Bars, but this time I mean it. It is better than the Banana Cream Built Puff. It is better than the Brownie Batter. It is better than Cookie Dough Chunk. It is better than Coconut Brownie. Like, it's... It's just so good. Built Bar has birthday cake puffs right now, uh, or actually white chocolate birthday cake puffs. If you don't know what a Built Puff is, it is basically your standard Built Bar, but it is marshmallowy and delicious and perfect, and they taste exactly like a birthday cake. Like, that's the thing about Built Bar, is they make it taste like what it's supposed to, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. So you can have make every day your birthday with Built Birthday Cake Puffs. They've taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, dipped it in white chocolate, and added some sprinkles. It's only 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar. This limited-time flavor is a, an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. So go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs now because they're not going to be around for long and uh, you don't want to miss out, trust me. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order of uh, birthday cake puffs or any other flavor, but really you should be ordering the birthday cake puffs. So use promo code, once again, LOCKED15 for 15% off built.com and go and buy some joy in marshmallowy protein bar form. So, uh, in terms of Sean Corrali and what I think he needs to, not necessarily what he needs to do to succeed, although I think there are some things he needs to do to succeed, uh, there are some things that I would like to uh, see improve next season, um, but I think a lot of it is kind of dependent on the team as a whole. Um, a big thing for me is face-offs, the, which is, it's tough because face-offs are kind of a, a thing that everyone pays a ton of attention to, but that don't necessarily have a huge impact on the game. I think I've talked a little bit to Michael McCurdy about, you know, what kind of effect face-offs have, and he kind of says, well, not a huge amount in terms of, you know, driving offense or whatever, but even so, uh, of his five, four and a half full seasons, uh, he played 47 games last season, uh, which I believe was a shortened season anyway. So it was, it was probably almost a full season. I don't remember how many games there were. Last 46, maybe. Um, he's only had an above face-off percentage, an above 50% face-off percentage twice in those four and a half seasons. This season, he was at 49.45. He's got a career, high, a career average of 50.3. And honestly, I don't even think he needs to do that much. I think if we can get above average face-offs from everyone or every regular center on this team like I'm I'm happy with that so I think he was pretty close um I don't know how many face-offs he took 
because NHL.com doesn't tell me. But um, I think if we could get face-off percentage up a little bit, maybe less penalty minutes. Um, I feel like he had some a couple of games where he got 10 minutes or um, he had uh, a fighting major against Washington. He got 10 minutes against Carolina. He got... Yeah, a lot of uh, he got a fighting major in the uh, the the season opener, which I'd completely forgotten about, and just kind of feels right for Sean Corrali, you know, double it Ohio native, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, in terms of penalty minutes, it doesn't look like he takes a ton of minor penalties. Um, so if you take away the the two fighting majors and the ten minute misconduct, he took forty one penalties, forty one penalty minutes. I believe, or um, he must have taken a second, a third fighting major. Uh, who knows? Uh, but at least one fighting major, one game is gone. So if you take those 15 penalty minutes away, it gives you um, 45 or 46 penalty minutes, excuse me, which is. This is really testing my math this early on a Wednesday morning. 23 minor penalties in 77 games, which is not a ton, but I would like it to be a little bit less. Um, so, because that's the thing, I think for Sean Corelli, there's not necessarily, I don't think we need to be like, well, we need to change this thing to this thing so he can suddenly score 50 goals and become a the next of King. I don't think, but it's for a guy that is what he is for the most part, a bottom six guy a fourth line center probably it's just it's little tweaks to make the fourth line a little bit better you know you're not looking for your fourth line to be amazing you are looking for it to be above average or even i will take average you know you want it to be able to hold its own against every other fourth line in the league and potentially against higher lines depending on how the matchup uh screws you over so i don't think you need to you know, change a lot of things about Crowley's game. I think, you know, face-offs was one thing. I would like if he took a few less penalty minutes, but that's true of basically everyone on this team because they took a lot of penalties this season. Um, and I think the other thing that could really help is, uh, honestly, consistent line mates, which I know was tough this season because there were a lot of injuries, there were a lot of call-ups, there were a lot of, you know, ups and downs and side-to-side or whatever. But... Honestly, some of the best hockey for me this season was when it was the Robinson Corrali Texier fourth line. That was such a good fourth line. Obviously, you know, Texier left mid season to, uh, well, first with injury and then I believe with a family bereavement. Uh, he's currently playing for Team France in the World Championship, which is a really, really good sign, I think. Um, so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get Texier back at some point. He is signed to us for next season as well so hopefully you know we'll we'll get to see him again fingers crossed but that that for me that was the ideal fourth line um you know they had a little bit of a snarl as uh, jeff Saboda, jacket insider says they had enough skill uh, eric robinson has the the wings to basically outskate everyone um and they were pretty good at, at killing penalties as well and i think that's what you want from your fourth line so uh I 
I think that 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 might just be it. You know, I think if get him two consistent line mates. You know, I think the the fourth line in in the New York Islanders is maybe not the best fourth line in the league, but it's been the same three guys basically since I started following hockey, and I think that probably leads to their success or perceived success. Um, and I think if you give Corrali two guys like Eric Robinson and Alexander Texier and just Watch them go. I don't think that's a line that you have to worry about in the way that you have to worry about, you know, for example, if Patrick Laine goes cold, do you switch up his winger? Do you switch up his centre? You know, I think if you stick these three players together on the fourth line and just let them go, then I think that's that's your fourth line done. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to worry about the other three lines, which honestly you should be worrying about more anyway. So, uh, yeah, my uh, my overall thing is... The, we loved having Sean Crowley on this team. I say we as if I'm more than one person, but I think that Sean Crowley was was a big, uh, a welcome addition. I don't necessarily think that he was someone that the team, quote-unquote, needed. I think the team probably would have still been what it was without Sean Crowley, but I love the story of the hometown kid. He talked a lot in his exit interviews about how great it is to be here, how this was the best season he's ever had of hockey, you know, just getting to play in front of friends and family. And I think it can't be overstated, you know, what that means to the room, what that means to the team in general. I think, you know, you want guys who want to be here. And Sean Corrali obviously wants to be here. So I think, yeah, it was was a really, really solid minor signing for Yawaka Kalina. And so uh, he gets 10 points for that. Sean Corrali gets 10 points for a great signing. And uh, that's the end of the first episode of this this season in review kind of mini series that I'm going to be doing over the next God probably the next like month and a half because there were so many people that wore Blue Jackets jerseys this season um, and we'll be doing other stuff interspersed with it. But uh, that's it for today. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking a little bit about Kevin Stenland, who only played three games for the uh, for the Blue Jackets, but he also played quite a few games for the Monsters as well. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Kind of why his development stalled. Um, you know, obviously, I think he's been passed in the depth chart by a handful of players, by the emergence of a handful of players. So we're going to talk about that. Can he find his way back to the NHL? Um, you know, things things like that. So that's tomorrow's episode. I did another little Twitter poll, so I'll check the results of that to see what you guys think. But uh, this has been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J A K O B F O R S T E R, or it's down at the bottom of the screen if you are watching on YouTube. You can find the show on YouTube. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find it on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets, where, like I mentioned, we're going to be doing polls for all of the players that wore Blue Jackets jerseys, even if it's guys like Kevin Stern that only wore them for, like, three games. Um, But I think it's important to evaluate all of your players, and also I didn't want to have some kind of arbitrary cutoff for, oh, well, he only played ten games because of reasons. Uh, So we're doing... Literally everyone, welcome to the off-season, guys. Um, Once again, thank you all for making this your first listen or your first watch of the day. I super appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back, like I said, tomorrow with a fresh and hot episode about uh, Kevin Stenland as we continue our season in review. Until then, make sure you stay locked on.